Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, William Liu. This episode, along with every episode of the Raptors Over Everything Podcast, is brought to you by our official sponsor, Kentucky Fried Chicken, the new official food of basketball. So make sure you're never missing buckets. Order yours online at kfc.ca and get it before tip-off. So the Raptors, uh, they lost tonight, 105-104. to um, And I don't know, man. It, it's I'm not that frustrated at the loss. Um, you know, I think it's you can kind of contextualize, kind of understand why they lost. But it, I think what's really what's upsetting about this is that the Raptors of late are finding ways to lose in a way. You know, like, they're playing well enough to win most of these games, and you're kind of expecting them to do it, especially at home to the Spurs. Like, the Spurs are playing well right now. Um, you know, they've been in a rhythm. Uh, even though they were on a difficult road trip, they beat Milwaukee, they beat Boston, and now they beat Toronto as well. But, you know, they're playing good basketball. But at the same time, if you looked at the way the Raptors get played the game tonight, this should have been a win, period. There's nothing around it, right? Like, the Raptors... They choked. They really did. Um, you know, they, I hate saying that, but the Raptors were up 18 midway through the third quarter, up double digits, pretty much led for the entire game. It's a carbon copy of that that Portland Blazer, uh, Trailblazers game where kind of the same deal. You're up, you're winning, the other team's not playing well, and all of a sudden they lose some momentum, and in the start of the fourth quarter, that's when the game really gets lost. And um, it just kind of sucks, man. Like, uh, ultimately, you know... Um, these games don't matter that much. It's January. But at the same time, like, you know, seeding does matter. Like, the second seed in the East is pretty important. And the Raptors have a pretty easy remaining uh, schedule remaining. They have the third, uh, you know, by basketball reference, they have the third easiest remaining schedule in the NBA. Uh, they don't play a lot of playoff teams in um, the month of January. But, I mean, again, some of these losses they've had have come against teams that are not playoff teams. Like the Blazers, not going to be a playoff team. Spurs. We'll see what happens, but, I mean, probably not going to be a playoff team. Right now, they're not in a playoff spot. Um, or maybe they are, but they're, like, eighth or something like that. Like, it's just, you know, they, they, they should have won these games, especially at home. Um, and, you know, tonight, the story of the game is rust. So, you get Pascal Siakam and Arm Power back in the lineup. It's a good time. It's, it's, it's a good thing to have. It's a good problem. But um, a couple of things. I mean, one... Pascal was just real rusty, man. Real rusty. Um, like, physically, he made it through. Like, he had a minutes limit. Uh, he ended up playing 30 minutes. Uh, just not the usual workload for him. And just even the one that, when he came into the game and when he subbed out of the game, just because he was on a 30-minute um, uh, minutes restriction, it was just very different for him. Um, but also, you know, he just he was rusty. I mean, like, it, he, he started the game excellent. The first burst, his first shift in the game, scores 12 points. Um, you know, hits effortlessly hits some threes. You know, he's going at DeMar DeRozan. The Spurs used DeMar to guard him. Uh, you know, scored on him in the post 
pretty simple, straightforward stuff. Was feeling pretty well. Um, you know, got around a screen, drove to the lay- rim for a layup, uh, hit some mid-range jumpers. It was beautiful. Just a regular Pascal Siakam game. It was, it was good vibes in the first quarter. After that, however, not the same. Not the same. Uh, pretty much disappeared from that point onward. I mean, he finishes the game tonight, and after he has 12 points in the first quarter, he finishes the game tonight with 15 points on 6-17 shooting. Uh, and, I mean, man, I don't even have to describe really how rusty he was other than the fact that, you know, under two minutes left, the Raptors down two. They give the ball to Pascal Siakam in the pose against Marta Rosen, drives towards the middle, then does a spin move back. He's free. He's open. It's a wide open layup, and he misses it point blank. He misses the layup. Uh, instead, the Spurs get the ball. Uh, Demar races the other way. He gets fouled at the basket by Kyle Lowry, um, and he makes two free throws, and it's a four point game. And that's pretty much when the game ended right there. Um, and it's it just you know he he was rusty. And after that first shift, that energy from from Pascal was not there. And I mean, it's super noticeable when Pascal's not playing with energy because you know. So much of his game is energy, athleticism, hustle. There were no like leak outs in transition for Pascal tonight. Uh, there were no huge defensive plays where he's covering two guys and ends up blocking a shot. Um, none of that. None of that. Like he's just he had that stretch in the first quarter and that was it. And uh, you know, I mean, it's understandable. Of course, it's his first taste of action in over three weeks. He's been missing time with that groin injury since that Pistons game. He just he just was not at his best tonight, and um, yeah, that 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 missed layup at the end there. I mean, it was a pretty good call. I mean, I would also go to Pascal Siakam in crunch time, especially if he's getting guarded one on one by uh, by um, by uh, Demar Derozan. But uh, I don't know, man. He was rusty. Uh, Norm, on the other hand, you know, he was actually uh, you know just mostly himself. It didn't really look like Norm missed time. I guess it's different from different guys. You know, it's different injuries as well. Uh, you know, if you hurt your shoulder, you could still uh, you know, use your legs, keep your conditioning, stuff like that. If you if you have a groin injury, you just got to lay up for a while because you can't really move too much on that. And so the recovery process is a little different. Uh, for Norm Powell, he looked just like he looked when he left the lineup. Like, he played 31 minutes tonight, started, um, scored 20 points on 8 of 14 shooting, hit 4 of 7 from deep. Uh, you know, it's, it's actually really nice this season that Norm is just, like, automatic on threes. Especially on open threes. Like, he's not, like... Steph Curry, and he's not going to start pulling up and hitting those with any sort of regularity. But if you drive and kick and Norm Powell is open, trust him to hit that shot. Um, you know, I was at practice on Saturday, and, uh, you know, Norm got Norm and Pascal, both of them got some extra work in. Pascal's honestly been really rusty in practice, so it's it's harder to uh, – I mean, it's, it's not that surprising that he was rusty tonight. Uh, but Norm, I mean, like, man, lights out. Like, he, you know, just went around the three-point arc – Five shots from each spot. I think he might have only missed like three shots in total. He was really, really in a groove. And whatever. I mean, I'm sure like all those guys get into that kind of groove once in a while. But, you know, just on the whole, Norm has been really effective from three this season. The catch and shoot has been really good for him. And even, honestly, even dating back to last season, this has been kind of a thing for Norm now where, yeah, he's just, you know, even though it looks weird, even though we don't fully trust it, um, he's just like a reliable three point shooter now, and it, and it's really nice to see. You know, he, he's converting all these wide open chances, uh, and it's great for the Raptors' offense because, quite frankly, like they they just need kind of more shooters out there at the moment. There's so many lineups where the spacing is so bad because they're playing like Rondé and Pat McCaw. And I'll, I'll get to that in a second. That's mostly the frustration with this game is that why are you playing so much of Rondé and Pat McCaw? Um, 
but yeah, Norm, last season he shot 40% from three. This year he's shooting 39%. That was coming into the game. Now he was four for seven tonight, so maybe it gets closer to 40%. But yeah, I mean, he's just a reliable three-point shooter now. It's it's a, it's a great development. And of course, Norm, you know, in the fourth quarter they made a couple of uh, clutch plays. Again, all of this is just like Norm finishing plays. Um, Norm doesn't really create his own offense uh, as effectively, um, but he is really, really, really good. When the ball swings to him and he's in an advantageous spot, it's going to be decisive. He's going to the rim. And just, you know, even beyond all that, just physically he looked really sharp. And uh, it's a different story between what uh, Powell looks like versus what Pascal looks like right now. Um, so, yeah, in terms of the frustration of this game, so why did the Raptors lose the game? I mean, really, they lost the game. They were up 18. They were cruising in the, in the third quarter there. Everything was going great. Serge Ibaka dominating. He had a great game. Um, but then they turned it over to their bench. And, you know, I understand Nurse's – I understand what Nurse is doing. I mean, first off, he needs to create a new rotation because he has major pieces coming back in. Now he has two new starters. How is he going to find the minutes? Who's going to be – you know, uh, who's going to play with who? Everything like that. It's, it's up in the air. And, of course, um, you know, Mark's not far behind either. Uh, you now just see Mark consistently on the floor shooting around with these guys. He's taking part in practice and stuff like that. So – I wouldn't be surprised if Mark was back. Yeah, I don't know, even the next game. Um, but Mark's return is pretty soon. Obviously, he's, it's, it's all up to medical staff. Um, but Mark is close. And also, Fred, I don't think he's going to miss extended time either. So I think he's also a sure – I would say no more than – I mean, I don't know. I, I just don't think Fred's going to miss that much time. Um but so you know, once all these guys back, then maybe Nick has to even drop a new rotation, everything like that. Honestly, a new starting lineup isn't is not out of the question either because Nurse has also said that. But anyway, the point is that like right now the rotations are in flux, and um, you know Nurse is trying to figure something out. Today, Nurse showed faith in the bench guys, and he gave them minutes. And you know, I think it's a good thing to do on the whole. I think the intention there is good. Um, these bench guys, these third stringers, they held down the fort. Uh, while the main guys were out, and you know, it just it's it's hard to just take all those minutes away, um, you know, and and you wouldn't feel great about that either, if you had been carrying the water for your workplace, and all of a sudden some other guys come back from vacation and you're bumped back down, it kind of sucks. You don't want to be discouraged, but at the same time, I didn't really like the way Nick managed the rotation tonight, um, you know, uh, mainly because of the fact that it seemed like he lumped together all of his worst players and played them at once. Uh, like, he had extended minutes where Pat McCaw was the point guard, Matt Thomas was a shooting guard, Terrence Davis out there at three, and then Rondé at four, and pretty much either Boucher or O'Shea Brissett at five. Um, Boucher had a bit of foul trouble, so O'Shea came in to play a little bit, uh, especially at the fourth quarter there. But and, and nevertheless, it just wasn't effective. Um you know, early on in the first quarter when they tried it, Boucher made a couple of defec- defensive plays, a couple of deflections. I uh, got slapped with two quick fouls. I would thought there were two very soft fouls, but nevertheless, um, you know, Boucher was making defensive plays and he was holding that together because offensively it just wasn't working. Like, they, you know, there's nobody in that lineup that can score. Uh, watching Rondé go up to the rim and force up these layups that he somehow always manages to miss, it's like. It's it's harder it's hard it's hard to watch that unit work and and realistically you would never play that lineup in any sort of important moment. What you would normally have is at least at least with everyone healthy, Fred out there, one of Fred or Kyle out there, and also probably Pascal there to, to lead the second unit. At least that's how Nurse used to uh, manage the rotation when Pascal was healthy before his return. Now, 
but nevertheless, yeah, he ran there. He ran out there with with the uh, with with the third stringers, and yeah, those guys just got just got demolished. I mean, like, yes, the third stringers are capable of playing better. We've seen them play better over the stretch, but they just did not do well. And in the second half, when when Nick went back to those um, those those third stringers, those guys just completely shit the bed, and that's what kind of lost the game for the Raptors. It swung the momentum. It actually forced Nick to turn back to the starters early in the fourth quarter, but. Again, this problem could have been avoided if you know you stagger the you stagger the minutes a little bit. I mean, I understand that Nick is that that uh, that you know Pascal is on a minutes restriction, but is there not a way to find a, an opportunity to um, have Lowry run the first unit for the most part, check out Pascal early, and then put Pascal into the game uh, and stagger the minutes essentially? Um, you know, even if with only thirty minutes, let's say that was the minute restriction for Pascal. You could still bring him in at the start of the second quarter, at the start of the fourth quarter, just to be an anchor of the defense or of the offense. Just have someone who can reliably create a shot, uh, and then you know you could get him a bit of rest, and you can play it a different way. But yeah, it just it just seemed like throwing out those G League level lineups um, really came back to bite Nick in the ass today because uh, that lineup just couldn't score. The, the San Antonio Spurs went to a zone defense. It's not the first time a team has zoned the Raptors. It's been happening a lot recently. You know, obviously that Miami game sticks out like a sore thumb. The Raptors had a historically terrible shooting percentage from three that night, six of forty-two. And then you know Brooklyn does a lot of that zone to the Raptors as well. Raptors, you know, they, they had to fight and scrap to win that one as well. Uh, and yeah, tonight, I mean, the Spurs like they they went to that zone and it just completely killed that lineup. Like it didn't even look like the guys didn't know what to do. Like it, it, normally, you know, even in that that Heat game, for example, the Raptors they had the right idea. They got a guy into the middle of the floor. He flashed in the center. He throw him the ball. Um, make a move. Pick out the open man and a go from there. You know what I mean? Like you can either swing, drive, whatever. You can do a lot. Uh, but yeah, that's a plan. But in tonight's game. There was no consistency as to how the Raptors attacked the zone. Uh, there wasn't a lot of great plays. There's all you know, occasional breakdowns, stuff like that. But it did not seem like one of those things where the Raptors were prepared to do it. And really, it's the personnel on the floor. Like when that third string lineup comes in, I mean, yeah, it's not hard to defend, man. Because like Pamaka is not going to uh, create much off the dribble. He's not going to be a threat to score. And if you're not a threat to score, it's very hard to be a playmaker nowadays in the NBA. He's basically like a Rondo situation. Um, you know, teams are sagging off of him. And then, of course, you know, if McCaw does, if, if Rondé doesn't have the ball, then Rondé's defender just completely ignores Rondé. And he's, he's playing free safety. He's in the lane. Uh, and it just creates so much um, of a spacing issue. And then when you throw on top of that, that one that, uh, you know, a guy like, you know, Terrence Davis, who has a career game against the Hornets in, double, in, in overtime uh, in the Raptors' last game on Wednesday, on tonight, Sunday, Terrence Davis goes scoreless, shoots all over six from the field in twelve minutes, and I, I wasn't in the Nick Nurse uh, scrum, but maybe he made a passing comment about his minutes. But it, it's just bad. But ultimately, I think it circles back in a, in a way to McCaw. I mean, like he just shouldn't play this many minutes. Like um, twenty minutes for McCaw tonight, minus eighteen. It was really painful as a look because you know there were times where even when, as the starters came back into the game, it was still McCaw running the offense, and like realistically. McCaw running the offense against a zone is just not going to work very well. Uh, he's not really a threat to shoot. And this is one of those nights where McCaw just didn't even look at the rim. Like, one of three from the field uh, in 20 minutes. Very reluctant with his offense. He didn't turn the ball over, but didn't really create much for his teammates. And I don't think it's, a, it's like a coincidence that he was the worst plus-minus on the team. Minus 18. 
really the two guys that really hurt the Raptors offensively tonight were Rondé and McCaw. And I guess ordinarily, with everyone healthy, those guys aren't playing a significant role at all. Like, they played a combined 38 minutes tonight. With everyone healthy, they might play a combined 18 minutes. But, you know, nevertheless, those guys were just a, really a liability. And, and honestly, if, I, if I'm an opposing team, I'd zone the shit out of this, this lineup too because those guys can't shoot. They won't. They can't score. And it's just, uh, you know, and when the Raptors, you know, offense gets cold and it – you know, they're not a great half-court offense as it is. But when they put in these third stringers and you zone them, I mean, like, man, you're basically just stopping them dead in their tracks. Uh, and that's basically what happened with the Spurs tonight. And, of course, you know, on the other hand, got to give a lot of credit to DeMar DeRozan, who, uh, of course, he got a nice ovation here in Toronto. It's not nearly as long as the ovation he got when he returned last year. But, uh, you know, still lots of love in the city, lots of DeMar jerseys I'm seeing around the arena and stuff like that. And it's great to see. Um, but then, yeah, I mean, like, unlike last year where DeMar kind of got punked at the end of the game where, you know, Kyle Irish surprises him with that double team and then Kawhi Leonard steals the ball, dunks the game, dunks the, <laughs> the game winner, and, you know, all the narratives come from that in terms of just, I mean, they write themselves at that point with when you have, uh, you know, the new guy stealing the ball from the old guy. But, uh, yeah, DeMar was able to get his revenge tonight. Uh, you know, unlike that last meeting, DeMar was really good, especially down the stretch, man. I mean, like, uh you know, this is another thing with coaching that I, I felt like this was a bit of a questionable decision, especially, in, and it's obviously easier to pick it apart in hindsight, but, you know, Kyle Lowry was switching on to DeMar DeRozan quite often. And, you know, if you remember that last game here when, when DeMar came back, you know, Kyle guarded DeMar a lot in the fourth quarter in that one. DeMar mostly tried to attack him in post-ups, and Kyle was able to get a couple of stops, and that was able to really swing the game on top of the fact that Kyle, you know, got the steal at the end there. Uh, tonight, I mean, you know, Kyle also eager, eagerly uh, switches on to DeMar, but this time DeMar doesn't settle for post-ups. Uh, DeMar instead just attacked off the dribble and kind of got by Kyle at will. Like, Kyle was playing him a little bit too tight. Obviously, with DeMar, you know, he's not a really a threat to shoot. Uh, you know, you can give him a little bit of space. He mostly wants to drive, but DeMar was able to just drive past Kyle every single time. And he really, Demar was just picking the Raptors apart. Like at one point, he had more points in the you know in the fourth quarter than the Raptors uh, as a team. And the Spurs went on this like twenty-seven to four run. It was really ugly. Demar was just getting whatever he wanted. You know, he was either getting to rim, he was getting fouled, he was scoring, he was he was finding guys uh, open for three, and it's just it was just over and over and over again. And it really only stopped when the Raptors went to OG Ananobi to guard Demar Derozan, and OG was able to move his feet and also use his length to bother Demar and at least force a couple of stops that allowed the Raptors to sort of stop the bleeding momentarily and get back into the game. But um, yeah, Demar was really good tonight, man. Uh, you know, I I I don't really understand why Kyle spent so much time guarding Demar. It does it's not an obvious matchup. Uh, Kyle could be guarding Dejounte Murray. He could be guarding Patty Mills. He'd be guarding Derek White. All those some options are fine. It just didn't really seem like the most prudent use of your defensive assets to use Kyle to do it. But uh, you know, ultimately, you got to tip your hat to Demar. Uh, made a huge push there in the fourth quarter. Got got the job done. And honestly. You know, watching a game like this, it kind of highlighted a disparity in the sense that, like, you know, the Spurs, the way they closed the game was they gave the ball to one guy. Like, they had, they had DeMar there as the closer, and they gave him the ball, and he made plays repeatedly down the stretch. There was no question as to how the Spurs were going to get their offense. Maybe after a timeout, something like that, they look for a shooter or whatever. But for the most part, their offense came from DeMar attacking off the dribble in the middle of the floor, getting into the paint. And then either defense would rotate over and he would find the open shooter or he would score himself. Like, it was just no question. Like, the, the fundamental 
uh, basis for their offense was just that one player and going to that one guy. Whereas if you look at what the Raptors are doing, crunch time offense is something that I, I wonder about. And it's weird because you can't really see it in the numbers. Uh, the Raptors, by uh, statistics, are a top 10 offense in crunch time. They're top 10 offense regardless. Um, but, you know, in crunch time, their offense to rating actually doesn't dip that much. Still hovers around 109. But, you know, it's just, it, it's just, the, when you look at it, it just doesn't, I don't really feel as confident. I don't know. Maybe it's just, it's hard to just uh, put a number on, on feeling, I guess. But, um, you know, last year, obviously, you have a consistent source of offense in Kawhi Leonard. And this year, it, it, it's been an open question for me as to how the Raptors are going to get their points in crunch time. Who is going to deliver that, that tough bucket? Occasionally, Pascal has stepped up and done it. I can definitely recall games where he's done it and, you know, um, you know, Kyle's also stepped up in crunch time as well and done that. But for the most part, I don't know. It, it's kind of a do it by committee kind of thing. Everyone has to be a threat. Like tonight, for example, uh, the KFC bucket of the game goes to Serge Ibaka for pulling up for three uh, with about a minute 20 left. Uh, you know, it's one of those shots where you're like, no, 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 no. Yes. Great shot. You know, shout out Ben Simmons, um, you know, for Serge Ibaka. But I mean, you know, he got a three there. Norm got a three. Warabaka again. This is another KFC play of the game where he just uh, <laughs> he got the ball on the short roll. He was the Spurs were definitely expecting him to drive to the rim because that's what you know uh, Serge would do in most of those situations. They packed the paint for him, and instead Serge threw a great pass on the move to Powell in the corner, who hit the three. It's a great play. Again, it really speaks to Serge's improvements offensively. Um, but yeah, it was kind of a do it by committee kind of thing, and and you know it's fine. That's fine. Like obviously, it's the numbers are good for that, but it, it is a kind of a question for me as to how they're going to get an open shot. Now, of course, you know if, if Pascal makes that layup, and he, I would say, you know, ninety five percent of the time he would make that layup. If he makes that layup at the end, he ties it. Then I'm probably not up here questioning about how the Raptors get their crunch time offense. But you know. It is something to wonder about, you know, especially in a, in a tough playoff series. Like, when you watch back on so many of those highlights, yes, it was a team effort by the Raptors. They played great defense against a lot of these teams to get that title. Um, you know, a lot of great teamwork. They moved the ball really well. They have a lot of great moments. They were at their best when they moved the ball. But also, I mean, come on. A lot of those highlights are Kawhi Leonard taking over, taking charge. One guy uh, bringing calm to the team by taking shots that most players would miss. Uh, but he was able to make them, you know, the pull up three over Embiid, the, you know, I mean, you know, the, 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 the game winner in, in game seven, like a lot of those shots. I mean, uh, most of game uh, five in Milwaukee where, where he, he pulls up for three twice against Brooke Lopez, even at the start of that fourth quarter, that just changed the momentum of the game. Like these are things that I, I, I you know, if you're looking ahead to a playoff series, I wonder who can actually step up and fill those roles. And, um, you know, it's just something to think about. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, enough of the negatives, really. The positives, I mean, uh, the three stars from tonight's game, I think they're pretty obvious. Uh, first star, I've given that to Serge Ibaka. 21 points, 14 rebounds, uh, an assist. That assist at the end was really nice. 9 of 16 from the field. He was a little bit off in the mid-range area. Normally, he's obviously great in that range. But 3 of 6 from the three-point line uh, in 32 minutes. Extremely efficient production from Serge, who, um, you know, the reason I'm giving the first star in part is actually because normally – Historically, when he has matched up against Lamarcus Aldridge, has not necessarily gone the greatest for Serge. Um, you know, Lamarcus is stronger than him. Usually, when Lamarcus posts up Serge, Serge can pick up foul trouble. I remember a couple years ago, Serge uh, got thrown out of a game 
for pushing and, and basically rough play against uh, LaMarcus. And that was just frustration because he's getting bullied and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, typically he loses that matchup to LaMarcus. But tonight, Serge definitely worked uh, LaMarcus. I mean, you know, Serge, you know, giving you that very efficient number uh, in th- 21 and 14 and 32 minutes, shooting above 50% from the field. Uh, and also, you know, his minutes were pretty much paired to LaMarcus. Anytime LaMarcus came into the game, Serge would be there. Nick was able to stagger the lineup that way. And, you know, you compare it. it LaMarcus scores 11 points, 4 rebounds, 4 assists in 34 minutes. You know, Serge got, did a really good job of getting out to the perimeter and closing out. And then also just holding his own in, in the post. Didn't seem like the Spurs made that big of a, uh, an effort to post up LaMarcus, especially since DeMar had... It going in the second half, so there's no sense in posting Lamarcus and collapsing and clogging the lane. But nevertheless, I thought Serge was really efficient and very good with his offense. And again, in, in the crunch time, you know, he hits that three and he hits that, and makes that pass. Like it's, he made a lot of good plays. Uh, it's just uh, kind of went to waste because you know, again, Serge has been excellent um, since you know Mark has gone down. He's not perfect. He makes mistakes. It happens. But also, he's been incredibly, incredibly productive. Second star, giving that to Norman Powell. In his return, 20 minutes, or sorry, 31 minutes, he scores 20 points, 8 of 14 shooting from the field, 4 of 7 from deep. Didn't get to the free throw line, but 3 rebounds, 3 assists. Just really sharp with everything. The timing and decision making was was all there. Always making good decisions, didn't rush anything. Uh, only one turnover as well in 31 minutes. Was was really solid. I mean, if you compare how rusty Norm was versus Pascal, it's night and day. Norm looked pretty much like he's been playing this whole time. And he was very efficient with his offense, you know, fearless attacking and and honestly there's a question as to how the starting lineup is going to go when um when everyone's healthy again because i don't know man norm has been a really damn good as a starter let's be real the numbers of norm as a starter this season have been eye-opening um but then again i don't know the numbers for fred as a starter this year have also been really eye-opening so it's uh this is a decision from nurse to make there and then the third star i'm giving that to kyle Lowry. Uh, you know, could have been more efficient with his offense. Mostly hit some threes. Couldn't really get to the rim. The Spurs were really packing the paint. Yaka Proto actually did a really good job defensively. Shout out Big Yak. Um, you know, always have a soft spot in my heart for him. But, yeah, I mean, you know, um, Lowry, I mean, yeah, he didn't finish well in, in, in the, the two-point ranges. Uh, you know, only shot one to three from there. But uh, shot four or 12 from three. That's okay. Not greatest percentage, but it was fine. He had a big three at the end there to, you know, give the Raptors a small, small chance of uh, extending the game. Uh, but what I like is just the playmaking. The role for Kyle Lowry with everyone back is mostly to uh, set up his teammates, and he did a really good job of that tonight. 16 points, 15 assists with two steals. Um, you know, defensively, I don't think he should have switched on to DeMar that much. I don't know if that was Nurse's discretion or if that was Kyle being anxious or you know, over-eager to guard his uh, his best friend there. But, yeah, Kyle did not do a great job defensively. But, I mean, within the context of everything else, Kyle has 15 assists, 16 points. It's a damn good night for Kyle. Uh, and, he, and he, for the most part, did an okay job of, uh, you know, keeping everyone involved and stuff like that. So, you know, it, it's a... Uh, it's a tough loss. It's a tough loss. Oh, and of course your your Gerald Henderson award tonight. Uh, I'm giving that one to um, Derek White, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm giving it to Derek White. Um, yeah, I mean he was a plus 19 in 27 minutes. Uh, he had 13, four and four with three blocks off the bench. Um, shot it efficiently. Didn't. It, I, I seem to remember him being a better three-point shooter. It seemed like he was really unwilling to shoot it, but he made really good decisions in terms of just attacking closeouts, making plays, and getting into the middle of the lane and scoring. Also, defensively, he, he scrapped pretty hard. So, you know, shout-out Derek White. But, uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. It's a tough loss, man. The Raptors shouldn't have lost this game. They keep finding ways to lose. It's upsetting. Um, the Raptors are probably going to need some of these games to go their way uh, if they're going to contend for that second seed. It's very, very tight right now in the Eastern Conference. Uh, there's an opportunity there. Like, you look at it, Miami lost tonight to the Knicks of all teams. Raptors, you know, if they had won, they, they would have made up a couple, uh, you know, some ground there. And Philly's banged up with Embiid out, and Boston has sort of hit a slow uh, stretch as well. And Indiana, you know, there's, you know, there's, there's still kind of just like smoke and mirrors uh, in their way through the, the East right now. So there was a chance there for the Raptors to get, you know, again they could they could have made up some ground. Uh, and that second seed is very important. It's, it's super valuable because, um, you know, the diff- that's gonna be the difference between playing like Brooklyn in the first round, which the Raptors will probably much definitely win, versus playing Indiana in the 3-6 matchup or right now the Raptors are in the 4-5 matchup against in, against the Philadelphia 76ers that's not great that's not great so um you know it obviously they've dropped a couple games due to the injuries it is what it is but at the same time with everyone else back and healthy you know it would be a, it would be really really um beneficial for the Raptors to, to to just pull ahead and uh you know get a couple of these easy wins under their belt I mean they have a pretty easy schedule coming up they're gonna ride the ship they're going to get a couple of people back into the lineup. There's going to be an adjustment period. There's going to be people with rest. And you're going to, of course, you know, just over the course of the season have ups and downs. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. This is just it's unfortunate, man. This is honestly like a carbon copy of that loss to Portland where they lead the whole game and then they lose. So um, they got they got to figure a couple of things out. But, you know, for the most part in the bigger picture, you know, Pascal's back, Norm's back. Uh, Mark and Fred aren't far behind. And, um, yeah, they can actually finally get to work. They can figure a couple things out. Um, and so thanks, everyone, for listening. It's, I mean, it sucks that they lose. Um, but I appreciate those people, those those real diehards that listen, whether they, they win or lose. Raptors got uh, another two days off before they play uh, on the road. So, you know, there's a lot of time to marinate on the loss. But, uh, yeah, it is what it is. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. And, of course, uh, if you have uh, a hot take about the Raptors, um, maybe you have a frustration call, you have some frustration to get out of you uh, in right now and in the wake of this loss, uh, leave us a message, a direct message, the Yahoo Sports Canada Instagram page. Leave me a voicemail and uh, on the next episode of the Raptors Over Everything Live call-in show, which airs every Friday on YouTube. Uh, I will play uh, a collection of the uh, of the best calls. So, so get on that if you want to get involved with the show. So, thanks again to everyone for listening. Thanks to KFC for sponsoring the show, and I'll be back on Wednesday. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.